Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the latest episode of View from the Bridge, London's Chelsea podcast. I'm Scott Trotter, and once again, I'm joined by my fellow Chelsea writer, Bobby Vincent. How are you doing, Bobby? I'm good. Thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, not bad at all. Um, nice to have things picking up once again and almost back to some football. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, mate. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so I think since we last spoke, um, I think, as always with Chelsea, a lot has went on. Um, Richie Pochettino has obviously started work. He's had his first press conference. Players are coming back in dribs and drabs. And, you know, we're also seeing departures. Um, I think last time we spoke, Loftus-Cheek was on the verge. We've also seen, seen Aspilicueta leave and most recently Christian Pulisic. And, you know, it, it's very clearly becoming a different Chelsea to what we had even just 12 months ago. Um, and I guess just to kind of illustrate that and I guess the, the volume of departures and how things are looking different now, I just wondered, Bobby, if you could perhaps name the top three goal scorers that Chelsea still have left on the books for, in terms of goal scored for Chelsea. Oh, God. That's a question, that is. Um, oh, absolutely no one. I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to say... Sterling is one of them. Uh, no, no. He's actually not far off, though. He's not far yeah, off. Yeah, no, no, that's what I thought. I know he's only been there a season, but he did get, like, a seven or eight. What about Hudson Adoy? He's top. He's top. How many? Six, six, 16. Yeah, okay. Um, oh, God, that's a good question. I, w- I will say when, uh, from the tweet, I saw that uh, shout-out to Carefree Youth, who we used to work with, Scott. Um, it was Mason Mount with 33, Kai Havertz with 32, Pulisic with 26, and Azpilicueta with 17. So Hudson has got 16. Um so just thinking of Lukaku. Yeah, fifteen. He's obviously probably not going to be around much longer, very possibly. Ziyech. No. Um, no, I will say this next person has eleven goals. It, it's well, obviously... yeah. not that really helps. No, uh, it doesn't. Does it? Uh, oh God. Tiago Silva. <laughs> I guess think longevity, but you're in the right sort of positions now. Okay, so centre back, I guess. Um, not not quite that close. <laughs> oh, uh, Ben Chilwa. Almost. Reese James. Yes. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah. 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 Especially when you consider that Hudson Adoy and Romelu Lukaku are probably going to be gone by the end of this summer. That is pretty nuts. Well, similarly, I saw a tweet the other day um, about Ampadu being the longest serving player. player, That's what I thought you were going to ask me. And then I was going to be really smart and then get a show. (laughs) But yeah, I did also see that one as well. It is a. It's definitely a very much a new era at Chelsea. Um, and I guess just to kick things off after that, it's just uh, what have been your first impressions of Pochettino? How do you think he, he's taken to things? And, you know, I guess what we've seen from training so far, what you've heard, what kind of vibe are you getting so far? Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed his um, first press conference. Uh, you were there, Scott. I, I watched it from home. Uh, but I, I just thought, it was quite refreshing, and he was. Uh, he d- he definitely sort of had a certain uh, aura about him. I think uh, one where you could tell he's, you know, very confident in himself, his uh, his backroom staff, and what they want to do at Chelsea. I think he was saying, you know, performances aren't enough at Chelsea. You need to win, and. I think it was very different from what we saw from Graham Potter when he came in. Um, obviously, they're very different personalities, so it's kind of to be expected. But I think overall, there was a much more positive feedback from the Chelsea fan base from Pochettino's first press conference. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, made me even more excited to for his, uh, you know, for his spell at Chelsea. And yeah. It, Obviously, we we don't know too much from training apart from pictures, but it looks like he's getting like very involved with uh, the training, which you'd expect, especially this early on, um, as he's trying to get his ideas across. You know, what after a few months when things have settled a bit, he might take a step back and let his uh, some of his staff do more of the training. But it very much looks like he's very hands on at the moment, which is to be expected. And yeah, I mean, just roll on next week. I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing a Pochettino side, how he's, we'll talk about it more later in detail, but how he's going to set up and the players he uses. And I know it's not, I know the side he picks next week isn't going to, you know, matter that much in the long run, but it, it's just exciting. And I think for Chelsea fans who were desperately wanting the season to end last time out, now there's, it's just gone full circle, and they want the they want the new season to start because Pochettino has definitely brought a, a new lease of life to at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, definitely. I think, like you said in the press conference, it was very much a departure from what last season was. Um, Tuchel, obviously, he he was very good in press conferences in, in terms of entertainment value, but there was certainly some conflict uh coming out of there i think from the dressing room and some frustrations and then graham potter was obviously very reserved and not what chelsea fans were used to i think i think that felt very much like your process your keywords and maybe maybe he wasn't wrong but perhaps not enough emphasis on on winning and then lampard i think obviously you know 10 games to go the season felt done before he even arrived um but Pochettino, obviously, he is focused on the process and in improving in that fashion and acknowledges the channel uh, challenge. But he did keep on coming back to to winning and 
when you're a club like Chelsea, you can't say you're going to win in six months' time. And I thought what was really, really good to hear, particularly after you know what we heard about training under under Lampard, and is hearing how much Pochettino wants the team to compete and train. And from the very first day, I think the, the thing he said he didn't want to give the team any excuses, and and that was really good to hear, especially at that point when. You know, the, the team was just starting to come back. Obviously, some big players like Reese James, Ben Chilwell, and Raheem Sterling in training, um, Thiago Silva as well. Lots, and we've seen more come back um, this week. But that, I think, that's really positive. And I think this week we've seen Nicholas Jackson come back. Um, I say come back, come for the first time and start training. And uh, Conor Gallagher, Ethan Ampadu, who we'll maybe talk about a little bit later on as well. Um, so that has obviously been really good to see. I think. What, what is going to be difficult? We have seen so much of this change. We have, you know, seen how Chelsea did last season. Um, I just wonder what what kind of expectation, how quickly do you think Chelsea are going to hit the ground running? I, I think the thing that keeps on sticking out to me is at the moment you look at Chelsea's midfield. Uh, we've seen Kovacic leave. We've seen Loftus-Cheek leave. Kante is obviously gone. Mount, who obviously could fill in that kind of position, is gone. And, you know, looking in train at the moment, there's Andres Santos, there's Cassidy, Gallagher now. Enzo Fernandez um, will obviously be due back. Uh, I, I, it, the team obviously isn't there at the moment. Uh, Pochettino says there obviously needs to be additions, needs to be balanced. Just, I don't know, how quick are Chelsea going to be able to uh, tackle things and how important are the next couple of weeks? Because... I mean, I guess at the minute it feels like Enzo Fernandez is in midfield like last season, but even he's not back yet. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be difficult. I don't think it's gonna be something that comes too quickly. Uh, they've obviously Chelsea have got a really tough opening game of the season against Liverpool, who um, done some impressive transfer business so far this winter, uh, especially in midfield as well. So, but yeah, I mean, the quicker Poch gets is players back together obviously the better like the likes of Enzo and you know and Kunku still yet to come back what well, once he can start working with them then um he'll start to be able to get a sort of clear vision on his team and the roles different players play but that we just yeah Chelsea's midfield at the moment there, there isn't a lot there to be honest which um it's kind of mental because when you think of last season, they did have a lot of options. Whether or not they were good enough options is a different question. But at the moment, there's just yeah, there's not enough numbers there, and and you, Chelsea are selling all these players at the moment. I think they've offloaded about eleven players. Like that's just sort of what you call senior players as well, um, and they've only brought in two senior signings, and then Kunku and Jackson. Um, obviously, a lot of younger players as well, but they might be sent out on loan or be playing with a, a development squad. So, so yeah, it, it does feel now that Chelsea have got gotten rid of all of these players and they need to start buying some because they, they had a bloated squad last season and now we're looking at, you know, the absolute opposite of it. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to be difficult for Poch to hit the ground running. I think... Anything you get out of that Liverpool game is is good. I mean, chances are it's going to be nil nil because they they always seem to be. Um, and then after that is when 
you've got games, uh, I can't remember the fixture list off the top of my head, but like, you've got games there that you should be looking to get three points from. And then hopefully by six games in, Chelsea have a, a decent sum of points. And, but it, it, it's not going to be easy. Like By no means is Poch going to turn things around straight away. And he knows that as well. It, it's a very difficult challenge for him. But I think probably he is the right man for the job and to you know, turn Chelsea's fortunes around. Yeah, and I think just sticking with the midfield, obviously Moises Caicedo is uh, the figure of lots of talk and, and has been uh, for months now. I guess obviously interest in January as well. Uh, it doesn't appear like there's been a, a great deal of movement uh, between Chelsea and Brighton. I think talks are still kind of ongoing without a, a formal bid as such, but we mentioned Liverpool there, and you mentioned them improving their midfield as well. I think there's a bit talk of Jordan Henderson possibly leaving the club, and now the suggestion that maybe even they could be in for Caicedo, and I guess maybe that might put a little bit of pressure on Chelsea to to form a deal that might be slightly more favourable towards Brighton. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, yeah, Henderson and Fabinho seem to be the uh, sort of close or close-ish to move into Saudi Arabia. Um, and yeah, I, I've, I've seen a few reports saying that they're, they, they've always liked Isaiah and, you know, that, that that could force them to make a bid because they'll be low on midfield numbers. And <clears throat> I, I definitely think it would be a kick up the backside for Chelsea if Liverpool did go in because, you know, they, they've almost... Apart from interest from like Manchester United, but nothing concrete, they've had a pretty clear run at Caicedo this summer. And obviously the talk of Arsenal earlier in the window when they wasn't sure if they were going to sign Declan Rice or not. But when you look at January, there were like loads of teams in for him. Um, so it, it's kind of strange that they've, they're sort of the only team right now in talks with Brighton before Caicedo. Um, but if Liverpool were to get involved, obviously... I mean, they don't have Champions League football next year, but they have Europa League football, which is better than Chelsea. Um, I'm not sure that would be enough to persuade Caicedo, but yeah, you'd back Chelsea to financially to outdo Liverpool because uh, Liverpool's owners tend to be a bit more cautious with their spending. By the way, Chelsea, yeah, they're, they're, they're working on this deal and there's been a, a real lack of updates Um I'm kind of I'm kind of wondering if that's a good thing or a bad thing because maybe maybe there are things going on but they're just not being briefed to journalists because for whatever reason and perhaps that's good but yeah the Chelsea remain confident they'll get Caicedo and I, I still think they will as well but again I don't think it's going to be one that gets done soonish I, th- I think it'll probably be you know, towards the latter um, stages of August. So, but yeah, but I just want, I want the transfer saga done really. It's just so, um, yeah, Chelsea actually have some numbers. Yeah. And I think it makes you wonder whether the player gets sort of antsy at this kind of stage, obviously on the verge of pre-season. Chelsea, I think, even play at Brighton in, in the next couple of weeks out in the United States. And uh, Caicedo, obviously, uh did an interview the other day, and I think you wrote a story on that. And see, and that sounded positive in terms of Chelsea's ability to sign him. I think. Yeah, it's 
it's definitely we well, kind of already knew because we've we've known for a while now that he's wanted to move and he's basically agreed personal terms without actually signing anything. Uh, but he, yeah, he just said he couldn't say no to a club like Chelsea. Um, you know, complimented the how historic the club was, how big of a club it was. Commented on um, what a beautiful city London is, which, by the way, you, you kind of forget it almost with footballers, but location does play probably quite a big part. And like a city like London, um, for someone who doesn't come from England, might might be a massive pull. So. And it, it does sound like it, but yeah, it, very positive. It was quite, quite surprising in a way because normally players, when they're asked about transfers, just you know play it down a bit and say, oh, "I'll let my agents handle it" or whatever, or or even they'll be even more stern of it and be like, "I don't want to comment on my future right now. I'm just looking ahead for preseason or whatever." But he did. He basically just came out and said, "Yeah, I like Chelsea. I want to move there." Um, which I guess kind of does put a bit more pressure on Brighton, whether or not they feel it or not, or they just sort of discount it is another question. But yeah, from, from what we've heard, he, he was told by, he spoke to Deserby um, after January and was told that, like, basically promised that he'd be able to get a move if the right offer came in. And, you know, Brighton, what Brighton see as the right offer is, um, a different matter and that's obviously what they're trying to negotiate with Chelsea at the moment but yeah still a lot to be done but from the players side I don't think there's any questions but it would be interesting to see what would happen if another club did come in and whether that would you know the, the whole no European football thing with Chelsea would um, count in Caicedo's mind yeah yeah and uh, continue on, on the midfield front another player who maybe is features a little bit more uncertain, but equally uncertain. Conor Gallagher, uh, we obviously reported a while ago there was a expectation uh, he could leave Chelsea this summer. That was kind of ahead of all these other centre, central midfield departures. And, you know, Pochettino is now getting his first days of uh, actually working with Gallagher. And I'm sure they're having conversations on, on the training ground now. I guess just where do you think... Chelsea's current situation leaves him and, and what do you think maybe the next step for him, him is? Uh, I think well, obviously we know Chelsea are open to offers but I think ideally Chelsea would want to get a couple of faces in before even considering selling Gallagher because I don't think I think if you sell him now you there's genuinely quite worrying the lack of midfielders Chelsea have um so I think, yeah, I think wait it out a bit. I mean, there's no, there's nothing imminent with him. Um, I reported yesterday that he's still like considering his future. We know about interest from Tottenham, West Ham, and um, Newcastle, but there's nothing imminent with him. So just just wait it out. I think. I, I mean, he he's definitely not a bad player to have around, is he? Because every manager seems to really like him. His attitude, his work rate. Um, and the, the Nizar Kinsella, um, a journalist who covers Chelsea, reported yesterday, I think, that Poch wants a sort of English core, homegrown core to his squad. So if that is the case, then, I mean, Gallagher definitely fits that. And, yeah, like I, I don't think it has any, 
just to wait out for a bit, I don't think there's any harm in that. And if you get to a stage sort of August, mid-August, where Chelsea have signed a couple of midfielders, they've um, you know got other areas, they've signed players in other areas that they want to, then and an offer comes in, then it's the right offer. Then I think, yeah, why, why not sell them if, if if they're open to it? And also it gives a bit gives Pochettino a bit more time to work with him, of course, and he might change his mind on him he might he might just feel like okay I, I see you as my number eight next season i see you here we all know he's a we all know he can be a really good player um i did it when i was writing my piece on him yesterday i, I was looking back at some old patrick Vieira quotes from when he was at palace on loan and Vieira uh gallagher basically said that Vieira allowed him to just sort of do what he wants in terms of running into the box um almost like a free roll and we saw the benefits of that from him that season. He got, I think, he got eight goals in the Premier League and uh, like four or five assists. And he, by all accounts, he had a really good season for Palace. And there was all that excitement for when he came back to Chelsea. Um, sort of just seemed like he would be the next Cobham graduate to uh, flourish at Chelsea after like Mason Mount, Reese James, etc. So I, I, I think if Pochettino can find him a role in the team, then it gets rid of the whole uh transfer question but yeah i think i think just wait out for the time being i don't think there's any rush in that regard because i don't think you actively want to be going out and selling a midfielder now because chelsea have got you know about 250 million back from player sales already this summer um and yeah they'll just run out of players and they keep selling <laughs> sounds obvious but i i think just wait out on this one yeah, yeah, I think I think you'd bang on there. And uh, they they need midfielders, and they need a midfield. That is quite an important part of a football team. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess just looking at the the preseason groups, um, pretty much everybody back now. Um, let me go through the players. So I think obviously Lukaku, Ziyech, Aubameyang now not expected back to next week. Pochettino had said. Lukaku was due back this week and he was going to speak to him. But I think there's a hope that maybe something can be figured out uh, in time for the start of next week. Perhaps that's maybe a significant hint that they're not going to be in the squad that travels to the States, I guess maybe unsurprisingly for most. But that, that'll be interesting to discover, presuming that they do uh, head to Cobham uh, rather than straight out to the United States. Obviously, it's still a possibility with... I think Noni uh, Madueke and Levi Colwell, they'll probably both be heading straight out uh, with the preseason tour. Mudrick, I think, is back in London. He was at Wimbledon this week, but uh, maybe the same sort of scenario for him. And uh, Unkunku and Enzo Fernandez, uh, the other players still to return. I think that's just about everybody. Um, yeah, do, do you see anything happen? Happening in the next sort of five days with regard to Lukaku, Ziyech, or Aubameyang, I guess the interest that Chelsea maybe want to take advantage of is Saudi Arabia. Um, but I think talks ongoing with Inter over Lukaku for the moment as well. Yeah, I think I think Lukaku definitely looks the most um, advanced. You know, Chelsea and Inter have been in talks for some time now. Inter had a first bid rejected the other day. Um, yeah, I, I'd imagine there, there are talks on going right now about, you know, how much Chelsea won, uh, what Inter will as well for, um, and all the complexities. But yeah, with Ziyech and Aubameyang, it d- doesn't look as advanced. Uh, we, we've heard a very worrying amount on Aubameyang, I think. Um, 
apart from sort of interest from Turkey and Saudi Arabia, we haven't really heard much at all. Maybe that just shows that he's not in any rush or Chelsea are in any rush, who knows, or maybe it's the opposite and we're just not hearing anything on it. ZX's a weird one because he obviously had that medical with Al Nasser um, and they said there was something wrong with his knee, which he, uh, he sort of took fun at on his Instagram story. Um, so that kind of looks like it's off, but I think there are other clubs in Saudi Arabia really interested in him, so I think that's probably still an option for him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the sooner Chelsea can get rid of uh, those three, because you know those three in particular would have probably been ones at the start of the window that you said would have gone first, because you know they clearly have no future at Chelsea, all three of them, um, and they all, all obviously want to leave. So yeah, kind of strange how nothing's happened with them, um, but yeah, fully expected to and. You know, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want a case of them getting minutes in America, really. When you know, Poch could be handing it to different players who actually have a future of the club. So as soon as soon as possible would be, you know, ideal for all parties. I think. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I think we obviously saw how that panned out last summer under Tuchel as well, with the number of players who got minutes and then weren't there by the end of August. So yeah, like, big. Uh, and hopefully. When we do discover that that Chelsea squad for the year, so hopefully it is with intentions on the future. Um, and I do think maybe we've had a little bit of a hint of who we can expect in that squad next week. Um, in preseason training, we've seen some players who you'd maybe traditionally class as a senior Chelsea player who has not trained with the senior group uh, under Pochettino. Um, there's Callum Hudson Adoy uh, training with a group more akin to a 21 side that kind of has floated with some 21s players uh, training under Poch as well. Um, also, Tino Andrin, uh, who you wrote about earlier in the week as well, and, and could be uh, getting the long move away. And I think Harvey Vales with that group as well. Obviously, he, he is under 21, but still uh, has been involved in the senior setup previously and last summer. But interestingly, interestingly, Ethan Ampadu returns. I think many expected him to depart in the final year of his contract, but he is with that with that senior group at the moment. And maybe that's a hint that he could travel out next week. Do, do you think that's probably likely as things stand with, I guess, no midfielders? Yeah, I think that's sort of as clear as an indication as you're going to get really. If he's training with the um, senior squad, he, he could quite easily have been in that group you mentioned, considering he's just come back out for, from loan. Um, yeah, interesting with Ampadu. He, he's clearly a good player, but uh, he hasn't really he hasn't really had the chance at Chelsea and got a year left in his contract. So you you would think really, unless Chelsea are preparing to give him a new contract, which we haven't really heard anything about, um, that he would be sold this summer. But haven't heard anything on it yet. And yeah, but but by all means. By all accounts, it does look like he's will travel out to America. If you if you're training with that group, I, I wouldn't see the benefit of putting him in there, unless you know Pochettino sort of had some plans for him this summer. So maybe maybe it's going to be one where he because we obviously talked about the lack of depth in midfield, and he can obviously play in defensive mid. He could play centre back, um, full back, defensive mid. So he's a useful player to have. Maybe Pochettino wants to give him a chance. In defensive mid and sort of see where see where he's at, see where his developments are, and then maybe make a decision on him then. But yeah, it's, it's strange we haven't really heard too much about it. But 
you you would think you probably would leave Chelsea this summer, like I said, because of his um, contract situation. Yeah, for sure. I think maybe just uh, talk about the, the group that could head out to uh, the States and particularly maybe even play in that first game against Wrexham. I think the thing that keeps on standing out to me outside of the midfielder, uh, midfielders I keep on harping on about is the possibility that Chelsea travelled to the United States with four left-backs. Um, Pochettino talked about balancing the squad and maybe that's slightly imbalanced for the moment. Uh, ben Chilwell, obviously... Uh, Lewis Hall, uh, if, if you consider him a left back, which I think maybe you have to after those performances at the end of the season. Uh, Mark Kukurea and also Ian Matson, who is also still training with that senior group, which is I think interesting considering you know he he was said to be available for a move after his impressive Burnley loan last year, and I think there was obviously interest from Burnley in him as well. So, but for the moment he re- he remains at Chelsea, obviously working with Pochettino and. I guess, again, we, d- we don't know the squad yet, but we do seem like we're in a situation where all four could travel. Maybe there'll be a brutal decision at the end and an indication of, of who could be leaving or on loan. But do you think that'll be the case? And I don't know, do, do you see this maybe fixed isn't the, the right term, but do you see it getting solved in, in the next couple of weeks? I think, yeah, all, all of them could travel, but I, I do think that you've got to be putting Lewis Hall in midfield for um, for pre-season at least because, yeah, like he's been really impressive at left-back, don't get me wrong, but it's almost a waste of his talents, I think, when he is a natural midfielder and that's where he's played for the development squad. Um, I don't think there's any harm in putting him there in midfield, particularly when you've got, you know, three left-backs in Madsen, Kukurea and Chilwell. So, I, and again, like we were talking about Chelsea's midfield situation, they haven't got many midfielders at the moment, so why not put? Why not experiment with Lewis Hall there? Um, but yeah, it, it does seem crazy that there's four left backs. When I mean, you you think of it last season, and when Kukurea and Chilwell were out, you only had Lewis Hall to come in and play. And he's, but I do think, yeah, like if you could play, if you could give Hall some minutes in midfield, then that would be beneficial to him as well, because. I think he does. He does prefer it in midfield, and like I said, I think he's so technically good that it's almost a waste of his talents playing left back. You don't get as much from him. Obviously, he's very good at crossing, but you don't get as much as you could get from him in midfield. He he did play very against Liverpool um, at Anfield earlier in last season. Didn't have his best game, which you know a lot of people might point out when I'm saying that. I think you should have a go at midfield, but you know, away at Anfield playing in midfield is it's never easy, especially when you're playing in a um, really disjointed Chelsea side. So, yeah, I, I would love to see Hall get some minutes in midfield, and I think that would just be ideal for everyone because you get to see what sort of player he could be in the future as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It will be interesting whether that is the approach taken, especially if all four do travel, just because you know. How else are some of those players going to get minutes at that stage? I think. Uh, so yeah, it will be really interesting. Um, I guess I think for most the debate to an extent comes down to Matson versus Kukurea in terms of who they perhaps want or maybe expect to, to stay at Chelsea. Do you think there's a chance that Chelsea could could sell Kukurea? Do you think there's people who who would sign him after obviously that difficult year last year? Or do you think 
you know, Matson, unless Pochettino takes a particular shine to him, makes too much sense to sell in terms of he, he obviously came from the academy, great deal of profit. They should make a decent amount of money. He might be a good player, but it's just unfortunate timing because, you know, and I think it gets forgotten how good Ben Chilwell is. Maybe Matson will want first team football on the regular and, you know, Chelsea have a finite amount of games this year. Yeah, I think Chelsea, yeah, Kukurea was um, of interest by Atletico, but I think they they were at least close to signing um, another left-back now, uh, Atletico, in Javi Guyan. So I don't think that they'll be interested in him anymore. Um, but yeah, Kukurea is a weird one. I, I still definitely think there's a player there. And I think, I don't think I would have thought that if, if I hadn't seen his performance against Dortmund at home last last season, I thought he was exceptional then. I thought that was the sort of player that Chelsea think they were going going to be signing from Brighton. He was very aggressive in his tackle, but not rash, um, which you know is there's a very fine line between the both. And we probably saw more of his rash side last season. Um, very good on the ball, uh, good going forward look competent defensively, which we didn't see enough from him last season. Um, so, yeah, I do think there's a player there. And I, like you said about the, uh, you do obviously get more profit if you sell a player from uh, the academy. And there is interest in Matson. It has gone a bit quiet recently, so I'm not quite sure what's going on there. But I, I do think Matson probably is the one to sell out of the, out of the two. Um, but, like... I'm also quite keen to, I wouldn't be averse to seeing Gugurea leave and having Matson as a backup left back because I think he obviously had a really good season in the championship last time out and he's definitely a really exciting talent and you know for those who love players coming from the academy then obviously they'll be favouring uh, Matson. It's just it's up to Chelsea now whether they want to give Gugurea another go or they almost want to just you know accept their mistake and try and get as much back from back for a sale as possible because you know it was big money they brought in for last summer yeah yeah for sure and that will be an interesting one to monitor as the weeks go on but i think as you know chelsea have already started getting a lot of money back into the club after you know some lavish spending in the first 12 months of the ownership but we still expect some more outlay obviously casino we've already mentioned but i guess the, the name at the minute and one that is exciting a few people um is Ryan Cherky as Leon? Uh, yeah, just I guess what do you what do you know about that at the moment, and what kind of player is he, and and would he fit in at Chelsea? I think the thing for me at the moment, kind of lingering, is they're just starting to get those forward positions down to the level that you would want with the likes of you know Sterling, Madrick, Madrick. Is he somebody who would come in kind of compete with those guys, or is he a more central figure? Do you think? Yeah. So what? What Cherky is that Chelsea probably don't have is more of an attacking midfielder. So if Pochettino is to play the sort of four-two-three-one formation we kind of expect or predict, um, then he's probably the most natural, you know, number ten out of anyone in the Chelsea squad. I mean, Sterling's played there for um, Liverpool, City, and England before, but he's more of a winger. Um, then you got Madueke and Modric, who I think by all accounts, are uh, wide players. So, obviously, with Mason Mount going, it's kind of Ampulisic, you could, of course, play in the centre, then it's kind of a 
you know, like a replacement for them, so to speak. He, he's very, I, without having seen too much of him actually playing live, obviously like, I've seen clips, um, I've just been told he's very exciting. I spoke to a Leon fan who I know quite well, um, who couldn't sort of speak highly enough of them, um, said he's a really exciting talent. And you think of the players that Leon have produced in their academy um, over the years, and he said that he might be, like, he has the potential to be the greatest. He's, like, the most naturally gifted. Um, he's a real, like, he's a real flair footballer, um, someone who's very skillful, very direct and good at dribbling. Um, so he's definitely, like, a really exciting player. And I, I think that's why it's got a lot of Chelsea fans on social media so hyped, because... These are the sort of players that, when they click, can be unstoppable. Um, so, yeah, uh, what I know about him, Chelsea have spoken to his representatives about um, a move before they even sounded out Leon. And I think there was positive feedback. Um, so, like, the player would want the move. And, yeah, Chelsea very interested in him. They were, when they watched Mano Gusto last season, um, apparently he caught the eye a lot then. So obviously that that's the case with a lot of a lot of things when they go scout one player and another player can catch the eye and that's happened with Turkey. Um nothing advanced as of yet, but definitely one to keep an eye on. Um I think more and more outlets are now reporting Chelsea interested in him as well. And yeah, and nineteen he's got, you know, all the time in the world to improve. And I think with Leon's Leon are currently under an, sort of an investigation because of some of their transfer activity. Um, so they're kind of under a bit of pressure to sell and they've they've briefed that they're sort of determined to keep him, but at the same time they haven't said that he's not for sale, which I think is quite telling because it, it's like almost saying, oh, we really want to keep hold of him, but, but there might be a chance he goes and... We have seen with Leon that they, they do sell their best players. Um, they've got a reputation for doing it. So I think if Chelsea are really serious about it, which I'm told they are, then they will get him eventually. Um, another possible stumbling block is PSG because I think they offered uh, decent money for him in January and Leon were quite quick to reject it. And they're sort of said to be sort of sniffing around still. But I do think it's almost common sense here that Leon would obviously rather sell to Chelsea rather than one of the, uh, you know, domestic rivals and PSG who, you know, win this, win the league pretty much every season. So strengthening them doesn't really make too much sense from their point of view. So, yeah, I, I do think Chelsea are favourites right now for Turkey and uh, I can definitely see a deal um, being done, you know, however long it takes. Yeah, and it would be nice to think that PSG don't become, you know, this summer's Barcelona for Chelsea after... Yeah. Uh, you got and and Vega kind of those deals already seem impacted by uh, the French side's interest, but uh, I guess we see the the young forward player certainly seems to be a type that Chelsea are liking at the minute. I think Angelo Gabriel uh, is one. There's a uh, oh, there's another guy from Brazil they were looking at as well, wasn't there? From was it Santos? yeah, all the all the young Brazilian players sort of just merged yeah. into you know I can't I can't even differentiate them at all <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it, it's definitely a profile chelsea are looking at um perhaps a, a risky end of it to hope that they all go up in value but one that we we certainly will look on with interest to discover 
And I think on that front, they obviously signed um, Diego Moreira um, from Benfica on a free transfer this summer. He was involved with the under-21s European Championships um, as, a, as a squad player, made a couple of appearances off the ground. So I think interestingly, he did notice he'd been put on um, the first-team squad page of the Chelsea website, uh, which was certainly at least a surprise to me. Um, and they have been giving him... I think he came for the first team yesterday as well, didn't they? I? I saw pictures um, of he certainly seemed to be getting the, the full announcement treatment at the very uh, least yesterday. I think the first player to be pictured in the new shirt as a like a announcement kind of yeah. presentation. Um, he's had a, a little kind of interview that certainly went on Instagram this morning, um, explain what kind of player he's going to be. And I think he said he, his favourite Chelsea players were Hazard and Drogba, uh, which feels like a classic combination uh, for any player discussing Chelsea. But understandably so so i'm interested to see where he lies whether he goes on this trip because uh, i think maybe most thought he would start off with the with the dev side um so it'll be interesting if he can make an early impact um and maybe like you say he will have a few days before the returns of the likes of mudrick and mudrick who, who we do expect to you know push on big next year um i guess that leaves us on to rex it's coming up quickly less than a week to go uh obviously lots of players either just coming into training or not not had a great deal of time there do you do you have any predictions of who we might see in that starting 11 bobby or maybe more interestingly what, what you'd like to see in, in that first uh game um i i just like it as a general sort of thought i'd just like to source i'm interested to see what formation postino goes with more than anything um more than personnel because like i said I, the personnel doesn't really matter it's he's probably going to go with a player who has been training for the longest since he's been here um because you know like the likes of Nkunku and enzo and modric all those players coming back probably are not going to start because they want to train that much um so they want to they want to be careful of um those players but if you can get you know any sort of minutes into like Armando Broja if he if he's ready. We know he's been training. Um, obviously, he's been out since December. I think it was with that uh, horrible injury. But that would be ideal. Um, it'd be nice to see him back. Um, Nicholas Jackson's been training for uh, sort of the last week or so. Um, so if we could see him, that'd be great and see what sort of player he is. Um, I did myself included. I know a lot of Chelsea fans um, haven't really seen too much of him from when he was at Villarreal, so it'd be good to sort of see what kind of uh, number nine he is. Um, yeah, I, just re- I'm just like dead interested to see uh, the formation. I, I think any minutes for Nkunku would be brilliant. Um, he's obviously the most exciting transfer Chelsea have made this summer. Um, someone who's got big expectations around him. Where, where he's going to play as well, I think, is really interesting. Um, whether that's as a number nine or as a winger or, you know, just behind a striker, he, he sort of play anywhere there. Um, played his best football with Leipzig as a number nine. So, you know, the logic would suggest that he probably is going to play there. And I think as well, if you see Nkunku as a, you know, a centre forward, then it kind of answers the question about whether Chelsea are going to try and sign another striker this summer. Because there's, you know, We've heard all summer that Chelsea won a striker, and then they went out and bought um, they went out and bought Nicholas Jackson, and we weren't sure 
whether he's more of a one for the future or he's going to be starting uh, being like uh, involved in Pochettino's plans that season. So yeah, I, I think a, a lot is to be said about what position and Kunku's used in in preseason. Well, then again, Poch might just experiment with him and just see where um, see where he fits best because you know the, right now is the time to do that um, when the game when the results and performances don't matter as much. It's more to do with just you know getting the players fit again. But yeah, plenty of things to look out for. Um, plenty of things I haven't even mentioned, but yeah. I am looking forward to it. It's just going to be nice to have some football work. Yeah, for sure. I think I am going to put you on the spot for one thing. Um, Mauricio Pochettino was asked about this in his opening press conference, obviously with Aspilicueta leaving. Chelsea will need a new, a new captain. Um, a few guys who have worn the armband have departed this summer. Um, but Pochettino did say he wanted to get to know the squad, feel the personalities, feel the players before making then any decision on that. Um, he's still not even mess everybody, I don't think, uh, in person at least. Who, who do you think is going to be the person wearing the armband against Wrexham? Uh, I think Thiago Silva. If he starts, yeah, it's, if he starts Thiago Silva, if not Reese James. Um, overall, I think, I think it makes sense to give it to Thiago now because realistically he's not going to be at the club for that much longer um because of his age like he keeps signing one-year extensions but how long is that going to go on for could be as our season the one coming up um and then i think would be the time to give it to james so have james as vice captain tiago as um captain i think that fits well because you gotta remember james is still very young um as brilliant as he is he's still very young but if you could get another year or two years out of Thiago Silva, which would be mental, then that would be great. And then pass it on to James when he's, you know, 23, 24. Um, yeah, but I, I, I do think those two in particular are standouts. I feel like Enzo Fernandez potentially has that in him, but, he, you know, he's been at the club for six months. Um, so it, I don't think it makes great sense to uh, just appoint him captain. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there, there aren't too many sort of candidates, are there? You, you think of Reese and Thiago, and then you're thinking Kepa, maybe, because he's one of the more senior figures. He's one of the most experienced ones. But then you're thinking, has he got much of a future at the club? Chelsea want to sign a goalkeeper. You know, is he going to be number one? Then you've got the likes of Raheem Sterling, who's 28, I think. Um, obviously played a ridiculous amount of games for you know, he's, he's not old, but he's so experienced already. And, but he's only been at Chelsea a season and, you know, but it wasn't his, wasn't his greatest season of his career. So, he's a, but like, these are the sort of players you're looking at. Um, Sterling, Kepa, Ben Chilwell, maybe. Um, but apart from that, I mean, there, there aren't too many candidates. So a lot of um, Chelsea's more experienced players and long-serving players have uh, left this summer, so. But yeah, I, I think Thiago Silva is the obvious candidate. Um, I think he's captained he's captain sides before, and you know when when you watch him, I, I think it's hard as tell on TV. But when you watch him from, you know where we watch him at Stamford Bridge, you, you you see what he um you see what he brings to the side in a leadership sort of role. He he's always shouting at the defenders to get up or get back or whatever it is mark someone i think he 
I think he sets by example off the pitch as well, you know, to keep himself in that sort of condition. At 38 years old, playing in the Premier League week in, week out is sort of incredible and hasn't really been done. And you, I think every single Chelsea manager who's coached him have just been so complimentary of his work rate, his attitudes, and like I said, what he does off the pitch. So for like younger players looking up, I think Thiago Silva is the absolute perfect role model, and I think he would be the ideal candidate to take over captaincy. Yeah, a very compelling argument there. Yeah. <laughs> Do you agree? Yeah, I think I think it would be the easy answer. Um I don't I don't know I don't know whether it will be what they decide on the end just because of that uncertainty of how long he'll be around. But I do think there's something to be said of the, of the aura he brings. I think it'll be easy for new players to kind of really be drawn to that. And I'm sure they already have been to, to an extent. And he does have a, an air about him. Um, I think what will be interesting is just how much football he ends up playing. Does it turn into a bit of a Aspilicueta situation? Uh, if, he, if he plays like last season... There's every chance he could play most weeks, I think. Um, but obviously, with Fafana, Badiashil, Colwell, um, it will be interesting just how much football, how quickly the, those other guys can prove themselves, maybe break into the team. Badiashil's injury, I think, makes it quite likely Silva could start the season, um, particularly with Colwell being later back um, than some of the other guys. But yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. I think Silva will probably be a great captain, somebody the supporters will all get behind. Uh, it's not really somebody I, I thought about too much before today, but when you mentioned Chilwell, I wonder, maybe a bit too much passionate times uh, in terms of, I don't know, keeping himself in control to, to be the guy to lead captaincy. But I'm always impressed with Chilwell's intensity when he plays. I think when Chelsea have struggled this season, he's often been one of the better players on the pitch when he has been on the pitch. Uh, and he has like that kind of right aggression to, to really compete all the time, which I think is really positive. But maybe that idea of competing takes away from that ability to, you know, captain at the same time. I'm not entirely sure, but I think that that's a really interesting shout. But yeah, I think... I think he's definitely one who, you know, without having an actual official role, could wear the armband when players are off, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, if Jasper was not playing or Rhys James isn't there, then he might be like third or fourth choice. I think that's sort of a good role for him. Someone who wears the arm man for like 10 minutes at the end of a game. Um, yeah, see him. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a shout. And I, I think because we, you know, we've probably spoken about it for you know almost years now, Chelsea haven't really had any obvious candidates, uh, but in many respects, James has almost been just expected to take on the role at some point. So it'll be really interesting to see how he kind of develops into a leader over the next season because he will certainly have to. Um, and hopefully we get a season album where he plays a lot of football uh, and that would be probably go a long way to him earning that role. But yeah, I, I do think Silver probably is the easy answer for the moment. But yeah, just interesting to see how it pans out over the season. Um, anything else you are looking forward to for the coming summer or anything else you would like to flag up that you're reporting on at the minute, Bobby? Uh, no, not really. Just... Just looking forward to football being back, um, you know, having Saturdays and Sundays to look forward to, to watch football. Um, yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping just all the transfer stuff gets uh, solved sooner rather than later. I hope Cole will, you know, there's a decision over his future soon. I hope Caicedo signs. 
shirky signs. I hope every Chelsea fan's happy. So it just makes social media a little nicer place. Before we sign off, I will say it was absolutely nuts. And I kind of hadn't realised until yesterday is um, obviously Chelsea perhaps the team that loan players out more than anybody and maybe there's a few more permits to go but there's certainly a lot of business to be done on that front and I saw somebody pointed out yesterday and it kind of hadn't really dawned on me before but there's only like two weeks until the football league's back Um, so there's any business that you want done on that front there's perhaps Certainly a pace needs to be picked up. Um, I think what stood out in the training sessions yesterday, if you just look at how many goalkeepers Chelsea have at the minute as well, uh, Eddie Beach, Lucas Bergstrom, Jamie Cumming, uh, Ted Curd, Max Merritt will be with some of the younger guys, Luke Campbell as well. There's a whole host of goalkeepers, as Chelsea always do have. Teddy Sharman Lowe already out on loan. Obviously, Kepper and Bettinelli. And perhaps a, a third goalkeeper still uh, still to come in. Um, so it's just going to be really interesting if Chelsea can find homes for all of those guys. Obviously, Slanina, I think just the US crashed out the uh, Gold Cup. He's still to come back. So it'll be all throughout the positions, and, and particularly the 21s. But I just thought it really start with keepers. How many loans still might need to take place? And if you want those guys in for the start of any season, there's only two weeks left to do it. It's crept yeah. up quickly. <laughs> it's early out, yeah. But yeah, we'll end things there for today. Um, next time we speak, I'll hopefully be out in the USA and we'll be in the midst of Chelsea's preseason tour. Perhaps if we get a chance uh, to chat while in North Carolina or if not, I think it'll be Philadelphia after that. But uh, yeah, listen out for that one where we start divulging. We can get to talk about Mauricio Pochettino's you know, first team selection, see all those player users. It'll be a really exciting time. Before then, we'll have plenty of work out on football.london uh, across the weekend and in the build-up to it. Obviously, watch out for that squad announcement and all the build-up to that game against Wrexham. Um, so thanks again. If you made it to the end, thank you for joining us. Please leave us a lovely rate and help the podcast grow. We'd really appreciate that. And uh, thank you to you for joining me as well, Bobby. Always great to speak. And uh, we'll catch you again next week.